passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And welcome to the Full 90 Podcast, named TBD. Our weekly look at the Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture fan outrage, maybe a little sumo, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty. We're back, MLS, in your face! <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, also sorry. But <laughs> we're, we're your hosts from Mornings on 107.7 The End. I'm Gregor, and he's been all over the place throughout the halls and nooks and crannies of all of CenturyLink Field, specifically the stats booth. He's Brandon from the internet. We're kind of like the um, like the alarm clock that you wake up to to let you know that the MLS offseason is over. <laughs> uh, you hate to hear it, <laughs> but at the same time, you know it's important and you need to get up. Yeah, it's effective. It's effective. <laughs> But also, we're the last thing you wanted to hear. <laughs> but we, here we are. Can we get a promo out of that? <laughs> That's great. Do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Uh, definitely 69 stars. But primarily 420 Canadian. <laughs> Leave us a comment. We want to know who your favorite ever Seattle whatever is, whether it's player or... I don't know, uh, Jersey? Or? Yeah, favorite uh, favorite ever um, Nether- Netherlander to uh, to have played for the Sounders. You're talking about <laughs> now all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> uh, from defensive midfielder Christian Roldan to right winger, uh, apparently Christian Roldan. <laughs> Poor Alex doesn't get a mention when there's two Roldans. <laughs> the two Roldans, that's good. This season, the two-time defending champions, Seattle Sounders FC, also reigning Cascadia Cup champs, take on the entirety of an asymmetrical MLS 
in a battle to have terrible star placement again next season. You did a mock-up for me, a little sketch of what that would look like, and it looks equally bad. Yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> How hard is it to to vertically stack stars? We could just show them our arms at this point <laughs> and say, just do this. Someone from the Sounders reached out to me about that, to talk about the vertically stacked stars on my arm, which is oh, nice. Yeah. So we'll talk about that off-air a little bit. The big controversy in the last several weeks is that new kit... And the star placement is uh, what really has got people set off. Like people are so mad about the stars, they're not even talking about the design at the design all. Design of it. Like most people, I could see them being really mad that we have these bright white stripes on one shoulder of the kit. When like LAFC, it's just like they got the black on black, black on black with like gold trim, and it looks so dope. And you would never even know. Like it might not even be worth buying because of that. But yeah. um, I think here's the thing about the kit: is they knew that making it the McDonald's shamrock shake color pattern on the front um, was going to, to piss some people off. And yeah. so what they ended up doing was like, well, let's just mess the stars up a little bit to give them something to <laughs> to distract them from it. Great job, Adidas. I actually don't mind. Like when you look at the field of kits, and we can talk about this later. Uh, yeah. Specifically, I think it's hot. Yeah. Uh, but hot. Thank you. But primarily when you look at the field of all of the kits uh, that MLS released this season, uh, I actually think think that the Sounders have one of the better kits that have been released. I think that maybe it's not the pattern, which you know is, like I said, looks like a, a gross milkshake from a fast food <laughs> restaurant. Not saying McDonald's is gross. <laughs> Give us money if you want. Yeah, uh, yeah. Open for sponsorships. Yeah, yeah, we're here. You can be our first <laughs> and our last, probably. Yep. Well, definitely. <laughs> uh, but, like, that green, everybody's been, like, sh- uh, sending around this blue mock-up of the same jersey. They yeah. just put a blue tone on it, and I'm like that's you're ruining the only good thing about the kit, which is that there is no other green kit in the league at the moment. That rave green stands out so well, so well. So are these everyone's primaries? Is that the deal? No, I don't think everybody's is a primary because I think uh, a Atlanta team- like is like the five stripes. They're right. that red and black, but theirs is a white one that came out. This right. Adidas is celebrating 25 years of MLS by introducing these special uniforms. Except for the new teams that didn't get their designs done in time, right. so they look like idiots. But yeah. um, and Seattle's is the primary kit, yeah. but it's it's weird because you say that the Seattle one stands out a little bit. It stands out because of the green and then just some texture. Yeah. But it's strange how all of the goalkeeper kits always look the same, yeah. just in different colors. But this one, we're one of the only ones with a texture to it. It seems very haphazard. Like yeah. Minnesota United has the loon on the front. Right. But they're the only ones that have like an actual design like graphic on it. element to yeah, it. Yeah, except for... New York Red Bulls have Red Bull written on the butts, where the shirt is the butt flap. I saw such a good uh, Photoshop mock-up of that today, which was uh, uh, Red Bull's new sponsor, and it was just like juicy across the back. (laughs) And then you've tied into the F1 team and have that, where the fuel goes in or something like that. That's perfect. So, um, yeah, the, the feelings were strong about this. And it's funny how many people get mad at the sounders for the kits. And like I'm sure they have a hand in it. Like sure. they probably have the a little bit of veto power over stuff. But ultimately, Adidas designs how it's gonna be stitched together and everything, yeah. and then brings it and says, "What do you think?" And you go like, "Well, can we make that white instead of blue or whatever?" Okay, great. And then you have it. No one stopped to think about what would happen to the team that you had to put that extra star. Yeah. So many people 
have sent me the graphic about how the stars are placed. Right. And I'm like, please stop. No, it's okay. It's okay. Like at the end of the day, the vertical stacked star thing it's is cool. not it's not the issue. It's the recognition that your team is the most current champion right. with that gold star up top. It's not about the the way that they stack them. Like we we talked about that last season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, we talked about how it's kind of silly, but whatever. What's silly, what's like what ended up being weird about it is that they just put it off they put the the gold the new gold star for the defending champion above the old one and then just like made it off kilter a little bit. Well, it's because of that seam, like the yeah. there's a seam where you would try and attach it and that's not going to work like the way that clothing comes together versus how you're going to press on a star. It's not going to stay and you're going to have tons of problems. So rather than figuring it out, they were just like, ah, this boop, boop. They were like, you know what? Instead of figuring it out, garbage. <laughs> next year, next year when we get that third star, it'll be some weird like leaning tower of Pisa, some type of stuff, and and everybody will have something else to be bad about. Yeah, I I went to the team store to check it out, and the uh, the sunset kit, whatever that's called, yeah, nightfall, nightfall. Yeah, looks super dope with the two stars. <laughs> you mean Inter Miami OG? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks super cool with the two stars, like how it's supposed yeah. to be. And and also, we're not the first team to have this implementation. That's how it goes. Next year, or is this the first year? I think it? this might be the first time that the because last year was the year that MLS rolled out this new star placement um, situation where like two and it stars, was a it was a first star team. And so we're the first team yeah. to have won a second uh, uh, cup and have so like Colorado, not Colorado, but like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Houston has two stars, right? They've never had to deal with the vertical stack because when yeah. they started, they just got a second star above their crest. Sure. So MLS wanting to show, um, and then this is all this is all crazy and like irrelevant to the way that the game is played on the pitch, which we'll probably <laughs> eventually talk about. Uh, but like, then you have a team where uh, like LA Galaxy who has uh, five five championships, five MLS Cups, so they got five stars above their crest. Yeah. The way that that's supposed to work, according to MLS's own graphic about star placement, <laughs> is that that team is supposed to get like one big gold star above their crest in, in order to get away from having just like tons and tons of stars above. Yeah, so it doesn't look like a college football helmet. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, this is how many sacks Zlatan had last year. <laughs> this is how many sacks Brad Evans kept. <laughs> It's good. Yours is better. I'm sorry to step on that. No pun intended. But I, I, I think that. Uh, but then now, Galaxy still has five stars above their crest, and one of them is gold. It's like MLS is just saying, yeah, just do. Here's what you're supposed to do, but just do whatever the hell you want, guys. It's crazy how uptight they are about some things and the what things they choose to like just be paying losing players. <laughs> Ownership rights. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Um, okay, well, great. I feel good about that. Um, somebody on Twitter said that they can't handle... I'm sorry, I didn't take down your name. I would give you credit. Um, but someone said they can't handle the fact that Felix Hernandez, longtime Mariners pitcher, and Yosef Martinez, both in Atlanta, are potentially pals now. And they made it seem like they're hanging out and have been spotted out together. But I couldn't find any trace of this on the internet. But can you imagine? I, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel... Uh... Felix Hernandez is now terrible at baseball. Right. By Major League Baseball Maybe standards. he'll make Yosef Martinez worse. <laughs> <laughs> the transitive property. Can, can we get Marco Papa in that group to hang out? Oh, no. He, he in jail right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that poor guy, man. He could not get his life. I know. Is he actually in jail? Uh, the last I read about him, he like had a, like his 50th domestic violence yeah. thing and whatever country this is 
happening yeah, and finally threw him. Guatemala, I think. Is it? Because yeah, I, I didn't think know that's where it, he's from. But I didn't know if it was his home country oh, okay. or if it was like Ecuador where he was playing maybe oh, or something sure. like that. But yeah, somebody was like, yo, you got a five-year jail sentence. And it Yikes. was probably commuted down to one or something like that. You know, professional athletes oftentimes have it real hard when it comes to the, yeah. the, the law well, leaning on them. One with your uh, sentence commuted for goals scored. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you only you only uh, got stabbed once, so that, that erases one year. Uh, but anyway, um, yes, yeah, the poor, <laughs> poor Marco Papa yeah. making a bad life for himself or whatever. Yeah. Uh, real quick, just to catch everyone up, sumo in January was crazy. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get to this. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not going to miss the opportunity. It's now in the tagline that we're going to talk about sumo, so I got to <laughs> get to it. The January Basho was the craziest Basho because within the first five days, one guy beat both of the Yokozuna, then they both dropped out of it. Shame, right. as they should. Right. Injury, uh-huh, okay. And then, uh, again, Yokozuna is the only rank where you can drop out and not have it affect your rank because you're Yokozuna until mm-hmm. you retire. Right. But then, so they both dropped out. And then a guy who was literally the last ranked in the top flight went on to Leicester City, the crap out of everybody. So kind of like your Colorado Rapids. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, if sure. uh, if FCC won last yeah. year, that's what this would look like. Um, he went on to spend 15 days only losing once, and he beat who's considered to be the currently the best guy. He's young and up and coming, like who's at the highest rank before uh-huh. Yokozuna. He beat the crap out of that guy to win it all, immediately started like bubbling, is that what it is? Yeah. And just... Tears started pouring out of his face after like 15 days of keeping it together. He's a big fat guy and he hits hard <laughs> and he's like probably 30 years old and yeah. never done anything and he yeah. won the Basho. This, this guy, legend. If I read something uh, uh, because it was, it was a, this was the first time I had seen Sumo go beyond like you and me talking about it, but yeah. actually kind of make uh, like CNN. international headlines, right? Because I think the they said something like the emperor was in attendance when he won, um, which I think, I mean, their, head, their emperor is kind of the way that he's just a figurehead at yeah. this point, right? I mean, but, th- there's a ton of um, there's a ton of this like cultural respect for right, the emperor. Exactly. It's a big uh, cultural significance that he's there. But also, when my favorite guy won, President Trump was there. So it's like, <laughs> take it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but like I, that was that was pretty cool to see sumo uh, people talking about it that weren't just us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Not at all. So my buddy and I are trying to get a trip together to Japan to go watch Hakuho's. Probably only got two more tournaments. Ooh. There's a tournament every other month. That's how sumo works. You don't get any time off. So March and May are are the next two, and. Um, then my goddamn laptop goes and dies. And that's my sumo money, if there ever was any, that I was going to try and go in May. But Hakuho, the greatest ever, he's got 42 championships, and he's Yokozuna number 69. That's <laughs> it's almost 42069, bro. Who's the, who's the, wait, how many how many championships is 42. Oh, maybe, 42. maybe he got his 43rd, actually. Uh, come on, man. I think. Okay, uh, well, now we just got to get the next 370, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. We, uh, uh, I will be in. Uh, I was hoping that there might be a Basho, a basho happening mm-hmm. uh, basically this weekend and only on Saturday because I will be in <laughs> Tokyo for about 22 hours. Well, if you go, if you go to the Kokukikan, which is the. Uh, it's like their. Key Arena, uh-huh. RIP, only for sumo, uh-huh. almost exclusively it's built for that. Yeah. Um, all the training stables are right there. And it's crazy because the life of a sumo wrestler is like so Weird. difficult. Yeah, okay. It's not glamorous at all. You're in this like tiny room to 
to practice and there's like a clay floor and there's just like 15 big fat sweaty guys smashing into each other but there's not like these beautiful facilities like you would have for like a professional like uh, Starfire Field right. that facility is a thousand times better but they're all kind of right there so you can just kind of like go and see them practicing which is crazy the fact that you call that stables makes me sad yeah like, like I feel like I'm going to watch a bunch of people who are kept in captivity like, <laughs> I'm going to buy five heads of livestock <laughs> yeah. and one sumo yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, Sumo, do not miss the next bus show in March. Don't worry. I'll be sure to keep you up to date on it. It sounds like we need to uh, get Hakuho to stop hanging out with Joseph Martinez and Felix Hernandez <laughs> if he wants to keep getting that 420 wins. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Don't let Felix bring you down. Okay, it's time to get critical. Let's take an off season, preseason look at who is hot, who is garbage, and who is hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> the touchscreen is hot garbage. <laughs> Uh, I will go ahead and start with hot. Hot. Uh, team of the decade, two stars is better than one. Oh, the Seattle Sounders FC. Yeah, that's right. Oh, hey, I know that team. Uh, I think that this is the first time, uh, I was going to say this later, but I'm going to say it right now. This is the first time I've been this excited for a Sounders season since the last time they won MLS Cup. <laughs> that went less less great. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did go to that MLS Cup following where they lost, also less great. Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the, the roster this season we'll get into later, but it looks stacked, and I think that this is the... Um, if they if they just go ahead and quit on the cup of Concacaf cup like everybody thinks they should, please, <laughs> which nobody thinks they should, just us. Yeah, just me <laughs> primarily. <laughs> uh, then they will. Uh, I think they could have a record breaking season. But I, I hope so. Uh, that's hot. Okay, hot. Also hot. I actually like the jersey, so everybody else can shut up. I would love it if it wasn't for that. Okay, for. Hold on. There's a thing about when you wear a suit, right? I'm not a regular suit wearer, but I know this that when you mix your fabrics, you have problems. Yeah. And it becomes fashionably bad. Well, we're in like a we're in the Billie Eilish era of fashion right now, <laughs> which is intentionally fashionably fashionably bad. Yeah. When I was a teenager, it was the same. Like people looked bad to look good. Well, it's like the I mean, this is celebrating 25 years of of the MLS, and that was started in the 90s. The 90s weren't great for fashion. Here yeah. we are, and here we are for yeah. real. And so there's. Too many, just like last the last ones, the movie rope, the velvet front, mm-hmm. always sweaty, um, green, rave greens. Yeah, grandma's curtains. Yeah, this, yeah. this is like the Florida grandma's curtains. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> Sorry, Tropic Sound. <laughs> it's like designed for them, I feel like. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, the, uh, the current jersey is too many textures. Yeah. And that's the issue for me. So from afar, it's going to look cool being played on the field, but looking down at yourself, you have to be like, ooh. And we are constantly looking down on ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like that's the advantage of being hey, so tall. But I did say that this was hot, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's great. No, but that being said, I think they're cool, like, as far as, like, trying to be, to step out and look different and wild looking or whatever they're going for here, like, trying to look like the the what's the cup called jazzy yeah <laughs> like that's a basically what you're doing there that swirl or whatever but yeah. it could be much worse and so i was worried about much worse too and it looked pretty cool it's only for one season so as a standalone i agree with you hi <laughs> thank you we need to get frankie in here frankie zakawani and yeah. me with robot voice in here to do these live uh we need taz yeah no <laughs> garbage um, <laughs> garbage <laughs> okay so moving on to garbage garbage uh i will say uh <laughs> no you should say this one uh garbage garbage kim ki he leaves because of course i got his jersey last season <laughs> like 
It's tough because I'm not probably going to get the green one because I don't want to spend the money for a one year jersey. I yeah. don't think. And Do you already have the black one? I, the black one is my Kim Ki Hee. Oh. And like in five years that'll be cool, but this year it's just like it doesn't matter what you wear and go f yourself if you think otherwise. Like you wear whatever you want, right. and it's fine. Uh, as Billie Eilish is teaching us, like you can be the <laughs> coolest like that. And I mean no disrespect to her for that because her reasons for it and everything are awesome, and she stands out. And I think she's a hell of an artist. She based the colors off of the Sounders rave green. Oh, totally. <laughs> grandma's curtains, man. Yeah. Come on, Grandma. Florida Grandma's curtains. You think she's got a Florida Grandma? Uh, we all got a Florida. <laughs> we all got a Florida Grandma in us somewhere. Okay, that's fair. Um, better than being in a Florida Grand. Okay, Greg. <laughs> Come on. But is it better? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> is it like a young grandma? <laughs> it's a hot grandma. <laughs> Hold on. Hot garbage. Hot grandma. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I ha- I like I feel like if you're still wearing the guy who left this year, like you're just holding on and yeah. you're like not adapting, you're not pushing forward into the future. And then like in five years, you're like boom, and like someone's like, is that a Kim Kihee jersey? Dope. Yeah, that guy won an MLS Cup for us, you know. Yeah, we got, but it needs to be retired for a while. Sure. And so now I'm in this pickle it's, where like I want the gold star jersey, yeah. so I might end up buying another freaking whatever, not pitch black, pitch black sunset. Yeah. What's it called? Blackout. Yeah, pitch, uh, nightfall. Nightfall. Yeah, yeah. I think that you're you're just waiting until it becomes like uh, like ironic to wear it or like hipster to wear it the way that I wear my Michael Spurning jersey. <laughs> no, but that's dope, dude. Because like, the, if you know about that, there's some history there. Sure. Yeah. And he was rad for a few years. He had and his goal to save differential yeah, was like yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, but it's just tough to go wearing it this year. So garbage is definitely that. He leaves like within six months of me getting his jersey. I'm like, my best friend growing up is a Korean guy. I'm going to support the Korean guy. He's good. He plays defense. I like him. He's gone. God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Anyway, moving on. Uh, also, I'll take this one too. Uh, garbage. Garbage. The horizontal swirl as a guy who's getting fatter. <laughs> I really take issue with this. Adidas. Don't you know that American fans are getting fatter? Like that like we're not known for how trim we are. And so doing vertical horizontal stripes rather does not accentuate the belly the way that maybe is flattering. Now some people lean into it and I respect the crap out of that. Why do you think Ramon Torres left for Inter Miami this year? <laughs> it's like it's like, yo dog, you're cutting my cutting my preseason training the wrong way here. <laughs> And then black is slimming. Yeah, there <laughs> so you go. Yeah. Like, yeah, so um, that, that's a that's a simple garbage for not understanding the fashion. Garbage, the uh, fashion. It <laughs> <laughs> almost sounds like fat shame, which is not what I'm trying to do. I'm talking about my own insecurity yeah. within a jersey. Okay, yeah. moving on. Hot garbage. I will say hot garbage. Uh, thankfully, doesn't come from the Sounders this week. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll wait on something like that. Uh, I will say hot garbage is FC Dallas promoting their team with other teams' players. Hot garbage. Go on. <laughs> so last season, uh, they did something similar where uh, they were promoting their home games against LA Galaxy by selling Zlatan jerseys within their own fan shop. Okay. This season, they have a uh, um, a three-match pack or something against three teams that have Mexican players on them. And they're saying, come to these games because you can see Chicharito, Pulido, and Vela. 
because we won't sign any of these Mexican players in a, uh, a dominantly uh, Hispanic market. <laughs> I'm sorry that uh, my response to your thing is a is like a face because it doesn't translate over the podcast. But I like am um, I'm at a loss for words. It'd be for... like it'd be like if Seattle had a uh, sorry to cut you off, but it'd be like if Seattle had a uh, like a dominant French population or something. No, it'd be like if 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 uh, if, if you it, just sold Yankees jerseys. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, man, we really packed that stadium when the Yankees. And the Red Sox are here, so let's make sure to get those front and center. The Yankees are coming back with Ichiro, but that would even be different because at least Ichiro has a tie to Seattle. It'd be like A Rod, A Rod, right? Get your A Rod jersey, yeah, like A Rod jerseys. Here. I mean, in pinstripes, though. right? Not, right? Not, no, not exactly. In... No, it's it's it's, and they are getting absolutely roasted by other MLS players, other MLS clubs, media. Everybody's just roasting them because it's like, hey. A team that has the money to go sign some of these players yeah. that are playing elsewhere and would probably thrive here, and naturally bring a bunch of the uh, the Mexican people in your market to these games to go watch Chicharito play. Well, and look at the success of the look at the success of a team like uh, LAFC. Yeah, that signs Vela, Vela yeah. or uh, or like Atlanta. That's that's getting so many players from Central and South America or even North America. Yeah. Uh, and then Seattle is starting to do Morris, that. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> North America's own Jordan Morris. Seattle Sounders FC have a full round of Cup of CONCACAF Cup matches before the season even starts. You pointed something out to me yesterday, and that's... Technically, Seattle could be out of the Champions League before the season even starts. Sort of like what Jordan Morris did four years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's the uh, the Sounders get a chance to participate in the in the Champions League this year, which we affectionately call the Cup of Concacaf Cup because yeah. it's the Concacaf Champions League. Um, and uh, they the Concacaf sounds like something that you serve to like. Central American astronauts. I'm pretty sure it's what they call the drink, like in in Star Wars, is that they all have cups of calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's for real. That's yeah. a real thing. So, but uh, this is Conca Calf. So the Sounders will enter in the round of 16 as the champions of of the MLS Cup this year, and they'll play a team called CD Olympia, Club Deportivo Olympia, and they are from Honduras. And now the Sounders should have no problem beating them. Really? Uh, yeah, they're like a. I don't think the Honduras league is is particularly great. Uh, Honduran league, I should say. Yeah. Um, but the Sounders have pretty good depth this year as well, so they could probably rest some of their guys because it is the the second leg of this tournament is is three days or four days before the opening of the season on March first yeah. against Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll also talk about. But the uh, the, uh, the if if for some reason CD Olympia pulls off an upset, um, the Sounders could effectively be out. <laughs> <laughs> of the Cup of CONCACAF Cup this year, which a lot of people are hoping that Seattle might win with the way that their roster is looking. So, just to get anyone who might be not familiar with how this works, my mother-in-law is always very confused about this, Deb. <laughs> but there can be tournaments going on at the simultaneously, yeah. concurrent. So, what happens is there's an MLS season, and that starts March 1st and runs through about October. And at the same time, you qualify for other tournaments, so you might play midweek somewhere else. For instance, the U.S. Open Cup, open to all the teams in the U.S. that are of a certain uh, pedigree. Yeah, yeah, you need to be amateur, um, but you have to get the invite from. Yeah, you have to qualify into it. And so by the fourth round, Seattle jumps in and starts playing teams. And sometimes you get a Kitsap Pumas that Mm -hmm. make it up or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And you get those competitions going on midweek. And then you also, if you are the best of the couple best teams from your uh, league, mm-hmm. then you join the Champions League, where all the champions of the different leagues within a region play against each other to see who's the best of that. And then you qualify for the Club World Cup if you do. Anyway, that's a big honor. And there's probably a little bit of money associated with it. And so. And an American team hasn't won in a long time. So for a Seattle or last year, people had their money on Atlanta trying mm-hmm. to do it because. Right? That was last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to try and win it because you want to legitimize MLS so we get more players coming from these other countries and maybe not just being a retirement league for European players actually coming over when they're younger. And establishing this as the don't get your head bashed in as bad as other sports um, in America yeah. <laughs> league. And so um, there's an opportunity here for Seattle to fly that flag and be able to do it. There's also an opportunity to get Jordan Morris hurt before the season even starts and then miss an entire year of play. Yeah, playing on, I think it was even CD Olympia's field where he tore his ACL or whatever it was um, on that turf. Yeah, uh, after 60 minutes yeah, of play or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing about this competition is it, uh, that... It's something that Garth Lagerwey has said that he prioritizes because he uh, famously said he doesn't want the Sounders playing cup friendlies against Real Madrid and Dortmund like last year and and Chelsea like years past. He wants them playing competitive games against them, and the only way that you can do that is to win the club world or is to win the Cup of Concacaf Cup. Mm-hmm. And then advance to the Club World Cup, where you play the champions from all of these other leagues. This year, Liverpool won it, for instance. Yeah, they don't want it to just be some cute thing where right. it's like, no, oh, that's nice. And then right. like Man U is not winning at half, so they're like, oh, let's yeah. bring on our real guys. Yeah. And then slaughter. Like yeah. it's like a, that time that Chelsea came and uh, Eden Hazard wasn't even known yet and scored right. like ten goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the so Garth Lagerwey has prioritized this, or at least he said he prioritized it. This off season was the first time where it looks like we have a roster that could play in this cup without having to play some 16-year-old kids who have never played before, right? Um, All of that said, what this has the uh, ability to do is to sabotage the... uh is to is to sabotage your regular season because you've got all you got tired legs you got guys playing a lot of minutes yeah. playing in multiple conversa- uh, competitions then you add USO uh, the US Open Cup to the to the to the mix as well all of a sudden you're playing in three competitions if you go deep enough uh, and one of those is going to be sacrificed, right? In the past, it's been U.S. Open Cup, uh, and it might be the Yeah, that's always been league, interesting, right? yeah, that a U.S. Open Cup is kind of like becomes a priority because it's really the only two competitions, and that's what the rest of the league is looking at because only a couple teams from MLS are actually in this competition. Right. Yeah, it's really um, it can be really challenging and trying because you don't want to deplete your guys. But that also is really good because Seattle and Garth Lagerwey have done such a great job of looking to add some depth to this squad. Which uh, I guess brings us to the you know the next point of like who we're looking at and what changes we have from last season to this. Yeah, all of that all of that said, uh, this like I said, this is the first time where I've I've felt really excited about a roster going into the season. I think in years past we've looked at the off season as Garth do something please, like poking him with a stick, like please please sign someone, and he never does, and it and it has worked out. <laughs> yeah, because he lets it play out. He yeah. does the long play, and then it turns out when because it's such a long MLS season, and it gets so hot in the summer that you bring in some fresh legs towards the end, and suddenly you make a run for it. And it's yeah. been really good. That's not how this Champions League plays out though. 
Well, and then you go into this offseason and you lose guys like Brad Bradsmith, who, uh, whose loan ended, and he went back to Bournemouth and then went uh, immediately on loan to Cardiff City. When I saw that, I was like, is that the Wayne Rooney team? Is he playing for Wayne Rooney, yeah, for a player Darby, coach? Isn't that Derby County? Yeah, yeah. Right? And I was like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Victor Rodriguez, who I think hated living in Seattle, so moved back to Spain to play there. No. Also, he has a, he has a sick yeah, kid I think and he, like, wants to be closer to family. Yeah, and um, and he was so clutch in that MLS yeah. Cup final to for Seattle. It's he'll be a missed presence. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, Seattle loved him. I don't think he loved like the climate here yeah. and like living in this city specifically. Especially coming from Spain. Yeah, like, it's like guys who move from Spain to England. So he's now playing back there in um, I think in a relegation battle there in La Liga. Um, Roman Torres, we lost to Inter Miami. I'll miss uh, him as a character, but good riddance yeah, as a defender. I'm like, excited for him to get a red card against us. <laughs> uh, it was interesting though. He really did get his act together towards the end of last season. He was Absolutely. a real veteran presence, and it, like he was a little tighter marked, and mm-hmm. he like showed a little bit smarter football at the end of the year. So maybe that is a big loss. It's to be TBD because yeah. what's the center back pairing going to look like for the yeah. year with Kim gone? Also, yeah. So that, like you said, Kim Ki he uh, nobody knows where he's signing. Uh, he, I mean, who knows? There's a there's an opportunity for Kim, Kim Ki to come Ki, back. He gone. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> there's a chance for uh, he to come back. And uh, is there? There is, but I don't think that it happens based on the the type of wages that he would demand. Uh, that he wouldn't be making the same type of money he made last year, which Let's is half a million. Way. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also lost Brian <laughs> Meredith. I'm sorry to laugh because Brian Meredith has been nothing but nice. I know, but it's such a it's like such a silly story. Uh, Harry Ship went in and put in a transfer request for Brian Meredith to leave. <laughs> 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 Actually, it is really sad. So, uh, first, what happened is Brian Meredith got picked in the expansion draft, which happens every year for the new teams. I had explained this to my mother-in-law also. This yeah. is how I judge how people follow. Because she follows sports, but she doesn't understand it. So, Deb, this is for you. Um, the expansion draft, what happens is you get to protect a effectively a starting 11. Mm-hmm. And then all of your other players are eligible to be picked off of your team for the new team that's coming into the league. And so when that happened in the offseason, Brian Meredith was picked up by Inter Miami. Yeah. And then so they picked him up, and I think they went and signed a, a different goalkeeper and probably have somebody who's going to come through uh, like a Fort Lauderdale team or something. Uh, now uh, Brian Meredith is staying close to home, and he's going to go play uh, with Vancouver Whitecaps. So let's see if he's doing the long commute, the, the Freddie Montero commute, uh, living in Seattle. Seattle or Bellevue and driving up to uh, driving up to Vancouver every weekend. To be fair, he's lucky because he does get to hang out with Turf Boney whenever he wants. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, uh, Harry Ship and him do not hate each other because when it was announced by Vancouver yeah. that Brian Meredith was uh, getting picked up by the team, hope and- you get hit by Turf Boney, bitch. <laughs> No, uh, uh, Harry Ship said, you can still commute from Ballard, right? Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Which uh, just only confirms that it makes so much sense for Brian Meredith and Harry Ship to be living in Ballard together. <laughs> that really adds up. I'd like to see them sail to work together. <laughs> uh, Brian Meredith and the seamen. <laughs> That'd be awesome if they lived on a ship, like in a slip there, and then they like literally like... Uh, every, every, day the, <laughs> every day in the Ballard locks. <laughs> Just on Sundays, they like that's how they get to the match. <laughs> they wouldn't at least they wouldn't get stuck in traffic like Stephen Fry. <laughs> that's amazing. Brian Meredith and the Seaman. <laughs> See, that is the that is the Seattle sitcom that we've all been waiting for since Fraser left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is incredible. 
so those are all the outgoing players. Um, and like we said, you Garth Lagerwey would have no option this season uh, to not sign somebody during the offseason, correct? Right. Um, so what he goes If and you're going to make a Champions League run, which starts right now, right. you have to have a squad that can do it. Last yeah. time we didn't. Here we are. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, we won the MLS Cup. <laughs> I guess there are worse things. No, but last time it was when Jordan Morris got hurt. Sure, yeah, and they did not go far in the Champions League at all. In fact, they lost. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, so Garth Lagerwey and team go out and um, sign a few different players. Some of them are depth, and some of them are guys that are going to come in and contribute immediately. The depth guys, uh, Stefan Cleveland, who was a, a, a he's probably going to be our second string goalkeeper behind uh, Stefan Fry. Who's the kid in uh, Tacoma? Trey, Trey Muse. Muse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so think he- that. Kids, he's still pretty young. Uh, I think he's got a future here for sure. Or uh, he could Tyler Miller it and end up at a exactly. squad as a number one. Yeah, he he could he'll probably com- compete uh, for that second spot uh, with Stephen Cleveland. They're both pretty young guys. Yeah, uh, but obviously Stephen Fry is going nowhere. Uh, they picked up a guy like Shane O'Neill, who is an Irish center back. They brought him in from Orlando because we had zero center backs uh, except for uh, Ariaga. <clears throat> They go pick up a uh, uh, Yamar Gomez Andrade. I still don't know how to say that guy's name. Uh, I'm calling him Yamar just because of everyone's jokes about Neymar. Yamar Sounders Neymar is Yamar. Yeah. So Yamar Andrade, he came in. All in in favor, say (laughs) Yamar. He comes in from uh, Colombia. Well, he is Colombian. He's a center back. Um, He is probably going to compete for most red cards on the team with Ariaga, our other center back. (laughs) (laughs) Hard tackling. But he is, if we thought that. That Roman was a big boy. Uh, Yamar is a big boy. He weighs like twenty pounds more than Roman and is three inches taller. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he's a wall. Should I just go all in and just get the jersey and just like really back him? I just get big boy on the back, and I think you'll be good for a while. <laughs> and it'll work for me because I'm so tall. I think people wouldn't. They'd be like, "Well, he's not that big," but I mean, like, yeah. okay. Sorry about your self esteem, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You've got uh, Jao Paulo, who is a, is a guy who looks like uh, a video game. Like he's probably a professional e gamer uh, that convinced everybody that he played yeah. soccer. But uh, from the highlights, dude, that it I've looks seen like so far, he's just done snowboarding. It looks like he's <laughs> just come back from the slopes. Like that guy, like he looks about as could go walk through the mall and not be noticed as Marco Papa. <laughs> like uh, I don't know if Marco Papa could do that or not. Yeah, but, like yeah, he's just very unassuming. Yeah, and he's kind of a big dude. When yeah. they when they showed the first picture of the new kit on a player. It was just on some guy. As yeah. far as I'm like, oh, that could have been either of us for yeah. that matter. And no, 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 he's actually the star, one of the star players, star DP signings that yeah. they have. So yeah, and he looks good. I think uh, what what, the hap- what happens with that? He's a he's a midfielder. He's going to play uh, probably a central role next to Goose, um, and probably trying to link up a lot with Lodero oh. and Rui Diaz. Um, what happens with that is that Christian Roldan uh, loses his spot in yeah. the midfield. However, we've seen how good he is moving forward. Uh, at least the plan for right now is to move him out to the right wing uh, where he'll play uh, kind of like a replacing Victor Rodriguez, probably swapping with uh, Jordan Morris every once in a while. I also wonder if they don't have their center back pairing figured out yet, and this is kind of like a well, Goose can play mm. at central defense, and then you could have Roldan and um, and Paolo there yeah. to play in the center of the field with either of them being able to make runs and swap around. I think we'll probably see a really active and switching team, like where there'll yeah. be a lot of covering for one another. It'll have to be like lots of communication, and so I don't know what how Joao, uh, I don't know how well he speaks the in the English, but uh, hopefully, I think I think. 
think you're, you're onto something. Like the the flexibility and the mobility of a team yeah. like this is super important because we saw that work really like at the beginning of last season. Yeah, they were nothing but left side attack. Yeah, right. You had Victor Rodriguez, Jordan Morris, yeah. Brad Smith, Brad Brad Smith, like going up and down the left side. It was unstoppable because those players are so good. Until it was stoppable because people figured out just shut down the left side and they they can't do anything. Yeah. This year and toward the end of last year, what you had was a team that was swapping wings every 15 minutes, and you had Kelvin Leardam overlapping on the right, and then sometimes Jovan Jones would be overlapping on the left or Nuhu. And so you had a team that could play multiple, multiple positions, uh, except for <laughs> Stefan Fry, who just stood, stood back there. But literally, outside of Stefan Fry, it seemed like everybody else was kind of fluid. Even Rui Diaz is good pitch. about getting back, and yeah. like you see a lot of that. And then that was with a team where you had a guy who is Korean mm-hmm. in central defense, one of the leadership roles where you have to be kind of driving the team. That guy doesn't speak English. And now you've got a center back pairing of uh, Yamar, uh, Andrade, and um, and Ariaga, right? And um, those guys together, uh, both Spanish-speaking, both of them big guys, both of them good with their feet, yeah. both of them probably a little bit too reckless. One of those guys is going to have to settle down a little bit. Yeah. I think it might be Ariaga. Uh, I don't know if it's just the shirt tuck that, that makes me think that he's more responsible. <laughs> what if he comes untucked this year, though? Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> anyway, so a lot of new signings. And then... And then I, which I will mention uh, Miguel Obara, who who plays for, um, who was playing for Minnesota, uh, and is probably it's it's been confirmed that he's trialing with Seattle right now. Um, good CC, uh, cup of Concacaf cup depth for sure. But uh, you you think about guys like Will Bruin, who sat for most of the season last season, who is now we have some more depth at striker because he's going to be coming back from injury. Yeah, um, and he's good opposite Rui Diaz because exactly. they're different size people. Yeah. So I think the Sounders, with the guys coming back from injury, with with uh, some of the guys that they've brought in, with Miguel Ibarra, who who potentially could sign, um, it, we've got some some pretty good uh, depth and and a really probably the strongest looking roster I've seen since 2014 when they won the Supporter Shield. Now my question though is, um, will we have to have some academy and some defiance players step up for that extra turn? Assuming that Seattle does well in Champions League, will we have to have some of these Tacoma players step up to be able to handle these other tournaments, the U.S. Open Cups and and whatnot, and where you start to see some of those younger guys who maybe got a shot last year, a little mm-hmm. bit the Levas and those type of dudes, yeah. uh, be able to get minutes maybe down there and be able to play for the first team. Some um, that's something that we're actually going to be able to address. We have Dave Clark, who's one of the stadium announcers uh, for uh, not stadium announcers, but uh, commentators. He's yeah. part of the commentary team for Tacoma Defiance. He's going to pop in here in the next couple weeks and get us all up to speed on who to be watching for Tacoma defiance that could then be contributing in the future for Seattle. That'll be exciting to see just that extra layer of depth that they're developing all from that top spot from Spencer down. So Think about the type of experience that Leva and AOC uh, got last year, and even yeah. Buana, who's still pretty young, yeah. um, who's probably also going to get some time out on that right wing this season. Um, those guys were thrown in a, in must-win games. Yeah, uh, they, they were thrown in like literally fed to the wolves and and competed and played pretty well justin dillon even you know he, he's a little bit older but again a guy for tacoma who who had to step in now we have an opportunity to develop those players in some competitions yeah. and get them some minutes and and use them say they go up three goals against uh chicago like yeah toss in leva and they're getting some more minutes where he doesn't have to worry about winning or everybody falls off so something strange is happening with this uh with this new season and <laughs> that's that Neither of us are going to be <laughs> at the stadium or even maybe even in Seattle. That's, I might be. You might be back? I, might, I will be back uh, the day before. 
Okay, so you're going to Thailand for two weeks. Brandon hits me up to be like, hey, I just booked my trip for Thailand. I'm like, when? And you're like, oh, these dates. I was like, you mean the two weeks leading up to the soccer season when we're trying to relaunch this podcast and take it seriously? As seriously as we do. Yeah, seriously as seriously do. as the podcast who can't get a name figured out. <laughs> yeah, does. I was like, you're kidding me. No, we've, we've come up with a plan to have some guests in to talk about it, including, like I said, Dave Clark. I got a few other tricks up my sleeve just to get fired up for the season. Uh, we've had a guest request for years now that we're finally going to take care of. So there's a lot to happen. Unfortunately, Brandon will be gone for the next two weeks, so this is our big preseason look at what's going to happen with Seattle Sounders FC. Uh, very exciting, though, for both of us to be gone. So you're going to be maybe here, but also maybe in Japan or Thailand. I'll be super... I will be back in the States, uh, but I will probably be super jet-lagged, but I will, I'm going to really try hard to be in the stadium. Yeah, that's... Uh, the jet lag is coming back from Asia is rough. Sweet. Yeah, it's because uh, it's like you're 18 hours off. It's yeah. so crazy, dude. Uh, for me, I'll be in New Mexico because I took advantage of some hot fares to go see my father, my sickly old father. And so um, then like the season was announced and I was like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> so uh, Seattle will kick off their Champions League play on the 20th, nine days from recording the 20th. They're away against Olympia before then coming home on the 27th with four days until the MLS season starts. It is a hectic time to be starting the season like that. Hopefully a repeat of last year. Um, yeah, I don't know. You feel good? I feel I feel great. Yeah. I feel great. I'm curious about how those first two matches are going to go, about how uh, Schmetz is going to roll out a roster. I think you and Dave and, and others will get into that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm very curious. I'm more curious about what the time change is going to be to see if I can maybe stream those matches from a <laughs> beach on in Thailand. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Things to come this season. We'll look into the Golden Boot. Hopefully that's another Leerdam affair. Uh, we'll have the, the Golden Clock. The Golden Clock. Thank you. My God. Yeah. Postseason, I got to shake off the cobwebs. Yeah. And I would just like to start a new feature on the show, and that's how far has the Earth traveled since we started this pod? Since you started listening, assuming you listen all at once, it's about 50,000 miles through space that the Earth has moved around the sun. So that's without taking into effect account that the sun travels around the uh, center of the galaxy, and then the galaxy travels throughout the universe. Hey, I really um, I just want to get real for a sec. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like this new feature. I like that you're adding new features to the podcast, yeah. but I feel like that just gave me an existential crisis. Good, good. Like, yeah, uh, we're all fucked. Yeah, great. TLDL, too long, didn't listen. Too long, uh, didn't listen. I don't I don't know if I can do this right now, man. <laughs> you got to let go of that mic, man. It's making noises. Sorry. That's okay. uh, too long, didn't listen. Uh, Hot grandma. <laughs> 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 oh no. Oh no. <laughs> How am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> Too long, didn't listen. Good luck winning some space coffee. Uh. And uh, too long, didn't listen. Coming this spring on the CW11. It's Brian and, and the Seamen! 